Welcome to the Advancing Women Podcast, where ambitious women come together to challenge the status quo, advance their careers, and up-level their lives. The Advancing Women Podcast is hosted by gender equity expert and executive coach, Dr. Kimberly D. Simone. Welcome, warriors, to the Advancing Women Podcast. The World Health Organization kicked off Self-Care Month on June 24th, leading up to Self-Care Day on July 24th. So we'll likely be seeing and hearing more about the importance of self-care in the upcoming weeks. Truthfully, though, this is a topic that's really been on my mind a lot lately. With transition from the school year and my kids being home, but I'm still working and I'm trying to keep up, I've really been feeling the struggle, even in getting last week's podcast recorded with the holiday and everything. I'm incredibly motivated to do the podcast. I want to do the podcast, but still, sometimes even things we enjoy and love doing can feel like work when there just doesn't seem to be enough hours in the day to get it all done. And the self-care sometimes, unfortunately, at least for me, can be the first thing to go when I'm stressed and I know that that's when I need it the most. So this is such an important topic for everyone, but it's especially important for women and for warrior women. In last week's podcast, I talked about the research that shows how women tend to shoulder the lion's share of family and home chores, even if we work full-time. And that can make time for self-care even more of a challenge. And as I've discussed many times in previous episodes, research shows that the workplace bias and discrimination can really negatively affect our health physically and mentally. It adds to our stress levels, which also negatively affects our overall well-being. And this makes interrupting those patterns and focusing on self-care an important intervention and coping strategy. And so I reached out to my most trusted wellness warrior and asked if she would join me today to discuss this crucial subject of self-care and wellness. I'm so excited to welcome Erica Golub to the Advancing Women podcast. Erica is a certified yoga, mindfulness, and meditation practitioner for a decade and is also a product designer for more than 20 years. She's an entrepreneur, an inventor, including creating backyard yoga, a mindfulness movement and meditation tool set for kids. Oh, and she's also a life coach. Truthfully, Erica, you are one of the busiest women I know. So if you can figure out a way to work self-care in, it does make me feel optimistic. Thank you so much for being here. And please tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming the wellness warrior that you are. Well, hello, Kimberly. I'm so happy to be here. Um, Really excited for you and for your journey. Uh, here with a new podcast, so um, it's been it's been great to hear you through my uh, my earbuds. Mm-hmm. It is great to sit down and talk to you. So my wellness journey, um, you know, sometimes I think it's has been really easy for me. I I grew up an athlete. Um, I grew up in the country. We had a lot of time just to not just to be and to be with ourselves. And I didn't realize how. Uh, that became a really great tool for me as I got older. When, as you know, actually, to bring a little bit of time we spend together, I'm very comfortable with silence. And it's funny because when you were visiting not too long ago, you were like, 
it's um, really uncomfortable that you don't listen to music and it's really silent. Around <laughs> even here. as you were, even as you were saying this, I did not want to interrupt you. And I wrote a little note to bring it up after, but since you brought it up, I remember coming home and telling my husband, do you know that Erica and I would drive and she would just not ever put music on the radio. And, and when I said something to her about it, she was like, well, you know, sometimes I like to just be, and it was so profound. I just never thought of that. It just <laughs> didn't even occur to me just to sit in quiet because I couldn't have been further from going growing up on a farm. And we, I just don't know if I had 10 minutes of quiet my whole life. So I think, you know, but it's that- funny because for a, for a while and isn't till recently that I was, um, I always seek out people smarter than me in this area and seek out coaches. And, um, I was working with a spiritual advisor and, he, and I was discussing this like ability to just be and quiet. And, and, and for my mind, my husband will often say to me, what are you thinking about? And I'm like, absolutely nothing. I'm actually so jealous. I'm so jealous. If my brain would ever just, I, you know how I joke with you that my brain is like a a two-year-old running around with scissors all the time. It, you know, and it scares me sometimes because I'm like, just settle down brain. But yeah, it's a, it's a skill that you should be very excited about. It's a different kind of intelligence, right? And one that well, I my really spiritual advisor on. assured me that there wasn't, <laughs> I didn't have a lack of IQ, that it was actually a, a high level of EQ, right? right so right. he was like, actually, it's, that's really good. And that does not mean that there are times when I, I sit down there are busy days, as you know, um, as you mentioned, days get really full. And there are times when I sit down to try to do a meditation. I cannot um, calm the the monkey brain. It doesn't stop. So I have those moments too. Um, But as far as my journey, it's something that I really worked on in my 20s when I started my first job. It's not something I had to work on as much before because we were kind of in the country and there's just less to deal with. And then as you start in a busy corporation, as you know, we, we worked at a, a big fortune 500 company and there was a lot of things being thrown at you. Um, I knew I had, I felt as though I needed to strengthen in different areas. So I always sought out, um, yoga and breathe, you know, running exercise is huge for me. And then where it switched again was the next life transition, which was having children. And when I had my first, I have two, when I had French first, daughter, I really felt that I lost myself. Um, and then I went and did yoga teacher training. Um, but see, that's how I handle things. I'm like, Oh, this feels broken. I am going to go and do this six month yoga teacher training to force myself to have time. And that's what warrior women do, right? All the warrior women listening, this is broken. Let me go get a sledgehammer. And I (laughs) it's so true. It's so true. And I'm so glad you brought up warrior women. And I think it's such an important point for the type of women who listen to this podcast. And I get a lot of messages and comments. So I, I have a pretty good feel for these kind of badass warrior women. And, you know, this whole idea that nobody worries about us that, and, and women are often seen as someone who needs to care for others, not necessarily as someone who needs to be cared for or who needs to think about their own care because society tells us we're meant to be the ones who care for everyone else. And when you're a badass, the one who's the rock, who everyone always thinks is fine. It can be frustrating because we're not always fine and we're, you know, shouldering things sometimes and not complaining, but that's not the same as not feeling fine. You know, we're still vulnerable, right? Um, well, we still bleed. We say that, right? I too bleed. <laughs> yeah. I too bleed. Exactly. I too bleed. And, 
And I know we've, we've joked about how hard it can be sometimes that people are like, like, thank you. It's awesome that you acknowledge my warriorness, but like, I'm, I'm drowning here a little bit folks, or I'm, I'm not okay. And I actually had a friend uh, say that to me recently. I followed up with her and I said, I'm a little bit worried about you. And she said, you should be, I'm not okay. And I was almost taken. I know it was amazing. And I, I was almost taken aback because um, I just don't hear that, but I, it was so profound. So then over the upcoming days, I would see social media posts and everything looked good and happy in her life. But we had that conversation and I had it in the back of my mind. And so I knew that everything wasn't good. And I still needed to check in with her and send those texts, pop in to just let her know I was thinking of her and here for her if she needed me. And I wouldn't have known that if she wouldn't have been so honest and brave and candid about her feelings with me. And people, you know, will criticize this a lot, how we present only the positives on social media. But the research I presented in my last podcast suggested that we're really damned if we do, damned if we don't, when it comes to how we present ourselves on social media, especially women. Because if you're too honest, people don't like that. They don't want to hear about your problems on Instagram or Facebook. They don't want to feel bad. But at the same time, we can be judged for presenting only the good stuff. You know, people don't want you to be fake, but also don't want total honesty either. So it isn't always a great barometer of how people are really feeling. We sometimes need to just check in. You mentioned transitions, and I thought that was really interesting. And you may want to weigh in a little bit on this, but you talk about for a lot of us, our families are going through transitions right now. And it may seem like a simple transition, but it shifts you know, an amount of time that you potentially had as we're transitioning and as people are going through transitions, a lot of times, and you had mentioned this, it can kind of really perpetuate this idea of letting things highlight things. Okay. So, so I have, there's a story for this, you know, there was a time when I got done with my yoga teacher training, I was, I was freelancing. Um, and you remember I went to Hawaii for a week and I did this, um, barefoot, went barefoot yoga business thing to start backyard yoga. And I took a whole week. I was in this whole place, right? Starting backyard yoga. I was, I was freelancing. I was able to balance starting in this, this business and watch the kids and things were, things were really good and everything was balanced. And then we had this whole family transition thing happen where, you know, there was some job losses and we, and we kind of moved around, but, but that transition what I didn't realize is how much, how many systems I had put in place to bolster everything when it, and I'm talking systems like that. You just, you just didn't realize you did this over the uh, 10 years, this, the, the relationships that you made, the, the, the additional warrior women that you have, the, the moms around you that became your community that, that picked up, dropped off. And when we moved to a new state, all those systems stripped away and having to rebuild those systems with children, with young children. And then with a, with a partner who also had to rebuild themselves because starting a new, a new job, that transition highlighted a lot of weaknesses and going through it was very hard, very difficult, very painful, but yeah, I can imagine that, you know, I'm thinking about how, you know, you build a foundation, right? And you think right. I have a strong foundation and then this kind of transition happens and it takes something that you thought maybe, or felt like at least, and maybe it even was, but it felt so much like this kind of sturdy foundation. And then all of a sudden it feels like a deck of cards. Cause you're like, yes. how's it gone so fast? Right. How yeah, is it possible? 
that it's all gone like that. Like that. And then, and then you're like, you're faltering, you're trying to catch up. And, and it's not just you and your husband, you know, kids in tow. So it's, it's them too. And you're the mom. So that, that does that self, that, that care for your children falls mostly upon you. And, and so you're, you're managing all these things and everybody else's feelings. And sometimes you forget to manage your feelings. And then all of a sudden that, that kind of snowballs and then you start getting warning lights going off and it's, it's being able to catch those warning lights, but also having friends who catch those warning lights too, right. That they can step in. But then if people are isolated, you know, I started to realize what it was like for underprivileged people, people who are in situations where they don't have a network or a family. It's funny how that happens. I know for me, a lot of the times when I talk about all of these theories and frameworks and I look to all this science and evidence and I use those tools, that knowledge, it, it, it's basically arming me to go out and fight and advocate, whether it's, you know, for myself, for women, for my child who has special needs. And then I think, well, everyone doesn't have that. And it does make you think, well, wow, I'm struggling and I have all this information and I have all this help and I have this whole, you know, system to, you know, as you said, your systems, when you, when you all of a sudden don't have access to that, how you start to have that empathy. And I, I love that you said that, you know, that empathy for the fact that it's hard on other people. And I think some of what we want to do here today is to help anyone listening, just to think a little bit differently about how we can have the kind of tools and the, and, the, and, you know, I talk a lot about skill set and mindset and tool set and, and a lot of self-care is about what you think, what you know, and what you do. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on the think piece in terms of self-care. I look at self-care through a lot of different lenses. It's not just being able to go to a yoga class or get a massage. I mean, yes, those are all wonderful things and great things to to schedule in, but sometimes you need like, here's a hammer, break the glass. What I have found for me, one of the things for me that really worked was, was gratitude. And I, I always kind of, even though I, I like, you know me, Kimberly, like I'm all for like all, all of it. And I'm like, oh, I'll listen to that. I'll try that. It all sounds good. Gratitude was one of those things because I'm optimistic that I was like, I don't know. Gratitude's not that hard. Like I can be grateful for a lot of things. I will tell you when I've been in my darkest moments, gratitude is pretty powerful. And, and so that has become for me um, a tool and it, I think it's because it shifts mindset. But that tool of gratitude helps me to shift my mindset because shifting your mindset is so powerful. And and what what is self care? I think for all of us warrior women, it, it probably everybody has a, has a different trigger point, right? Some people they've got to get their run, they go for the run in the morning, and that does it for them, right? That's their therapy, their their pavement therapy, right? But honestly, like there's been nights where I get done with work early. The kids don't have to be run anywhere. And it's perfectly like a perfect night that I can make dinner. And there's been nights where I'm like, you know what? We're ordering out so I don't have to do dishes. And that's self-care. In my book, that is self-care. I am choosing to say, you know what? I am only going to take this nice night, but I am going to level it up and not have to do dishes because I'm- And I love the mindset of it it's a muscle that needs to be worked out because when I make a choice like that, the self-talk comes and the voices in my head that are like, well, you know, is the chicken going to go bad? And it's like, there's a thousand 
things that are going to come into your head that are going to tell you that that's a selfish choice or that's a, a wasteful choice or that's a this choice or that's a that choice. So I, I know what you mean for many of us. And I know for me, I need to exercise the muscle of prioritizing myself, seeing that the value in doing a thing for me is higher than the cost because it's easy to do something for yourself when there's no cost to anyone else, but it's harder to choose the thing that is good for you. If there's a cost, even if the cost you've made it so much bigger in your own mind. And I do have to say, um, going back to what you said about gratitude, there's so much science in addition and, and scientific studies that show that gratitude and well-being. Um, it's, it's a mindset shift in my it opinion. Is. It enhances well-being in every age of person, in every type of person. It's such a great coping mechanism. It has really positive impact on depression. And yet, (laughs) in some ways, I think it's so inaccessible in some ways. It's easy when you're happy to be grateful. It's harder when you're sad. And of course, just like self-care, you need it more. Sometimes you have to dig a a little deeper. For, yeah. for that gratitude. Sometimes when you're getting that darkness, you got to pull yourself out. And, and, but that's mindset that's muscling, right. That's like leveling up the, the, um, the muscles, um, and connecting those, connecting those tools. And I have found that every time I do it, it's a little easier. I mean, honestly, like we've talked about this, like go, taking time away from my family was such a, um, tumultuous, choice for me for forever. It took almost practice. It took almost going and being away a night or two nights to just exercise the muscle of number one, you can do it and everyone's going to survive. And um, it just needs to be a priority. But, and then I found it had such a positive impact. I think that's what makes it so hard is, is that you kind of just have to do it and believe and have a little faith that you're going to get to the other side. So you have to trust trust the process. Right. And that's not always easy. And certainly not easy for warrior women because we make plans, right? Like we're like, this this is our plan and this is how we're going to do it. And, and then things falter and then you start second guessing yourself and questioning it. And sometimes it's like, well, I just have to trust the process or I just have to zig and zag and all of it's okay. It's, it's the mindset and kind of keeping that self-talk really positive. And I can't can't even think about how many times you've said you just have to trust the process. You know, when I've come to you with my frantic craze of worry and all of these self-talk things, you know, whether it was like, oh my gosh, I'm starting this podcast and, you know, why should people listen? And all of this, this craziness that we, we tend to kind of allow in, you know, and you, and I've talked in previous episodes, you know, find your, find your tribe, find your people, at least a small number of people that you can go to that are like, all right, you need to just take a breath, take a beat and you need to reframe. And, you know, those are two of the things you say to me a lot of times, trust the process and you, you need to reframe this. You know, I'll come at you with something and you'll say, you know what? I love that you interrupt me too. And you're like, I'm not going to let you get away with saying that thing you just said. We're going to think about how you could say that a little bit differently. You have, to catch it. you have to catch it. That's part of the practice. That's, that's what meditation is. It's by sitting, um, sitting with meditation. One of the apps that I use is called calm. And the reason I like it is they have a daily 10 minute and 10 minutes. I can give you 10 minutes. Okay. Right. I, I'm not going to sit and meditate for 30 minutes. Maybe someday, but today, no, but 10 minutes. <laughs> what I also like about it, it's almost like a mini therapy session. She always has a thought to give you. And I don't know if um, y- you probably like this and I'm, I'm going to take a hunch that a lot of people listening like this. Sometimes it's nice to have something to noodle on, right. To give us like a little, 
conversation starter or a little something. She has a theme and it'll land differently with different people. But I like it because it gives your mind something to focus on. And then when it becomes time to let your mind go, your mind's like been fed and it's silent. And I, and it's 10 minutes. It's 10 minutes. I think for somebody like me, that's really helpful because there is a little bit of discomfort with the quiet. I almost have to give my brain a little something to focus, not such a big problem that it's going, or such a big thing to focus on that it's going to cause it to spiral, but enough to kind of center me and bring me back to a focal point to ease myself a little bit into that kind of uh, allowing myself to be in the moment and to be in the quiet. It's the same reason when we're doing yoga, at least in, in vinyasa style, we put you to work and sweat you through. And then we do the meditation at the end because you've already moved all the energy through your body and you're at a place where you've kind of worn yourself out. And everyone's probably got their thing or if they don't have it, hopefully, you know, helping to find the thing that allows you to be in that place, I guess, where you can reframe yeah, everything. To start looking for the thing, right? Like, what is the thing? Try on a bunch of different. That's what I do. I try on things, and I, I go and I talk to a lot of experts, and I, I do a lot of different therapies and um, spiritual advisor, every, everything. So, and then I kind of bring it all together, and I look at what fits me and what doesn't, and I curate it into what works for me, and I let the other stuff go, and then, and then I make it my own, and that's what everybody. Everybody, you know, that would be a great goal for everybody to get to is what's your lover? What's your thing? And if it's, you know, if you're lucky enough to be like, you know what my thing is, I'm just going to go to Jamaica for the weekend or, you know, that's awesome. And, or if your thing is, you know what, I'm just going to buy myself a coffee every morning instead of making it because I just want one thing that somebody else makes for me because it just tastes better. Like, that's awesome. So you find your thing that brings you a little bit of peace, a little bit of joy, I think it's a great mindset. It's a great way to kind of wrap up what you think, because part of it is not allowing in the self-talk and reframing situations in ways that serve you and don't sabotage you. But I love what you're saying about how it's also understanding that you're on your own journey. You know, you're not saying, well, you need to understand that 30 minutes of meditation is good for you. You're talking about finding your own mindset and honoring that. Yeah. I love the idea of mindset being about honoring who you are. You know, it's okay to try to be more and do better, not be more, but do more for yourself or be better to yourself. I think one of the most important things you bring to the discussion, and I've enjoyed this so much, but I, I always come to you for um, you have this skill set in spades. Just, I don't always know how to do the things, I know what they are, and I intellectualize them. And you're like, well, stop reading about researching and learning about doing it and actually just try it because then you'll be able to do it. So I want to move a little bit into knowing, but also then the doing and the implementing. Cause I think sometimes I'm really good at the knowing, um, but I know it almost from 50,000 feet above, but not really what it actually would mean to go in and do it. And so if you want to talk a little bit about some of the skill set that you could specifically suggest to people. So again, you, you go out and you see, you get to figure out first, you have to center yourself and you figure out what, what are things that you might want to try that, that speak to who you are. And then you go and search out the tool sets, right? What, what is that? Um, 
and there's a lot of places to look for that. So a tool would be calm, right? And what works for me is the 10 minute thing because 30 minutes is too much. Okay. So one of the shifts, and I think we probably all felt this is coming out of COVID and um, I wouldn't go to the gym. I wouldn't work out at the gym because I, I, the sword I was falling on was that I refused to work out with a mask on. So I stopped going to the gym. So I, I, I run outside, I'd walk outside, I'd do a lot of things outside, but I was losing muscle mass and I wasn't doing as much yoga, even though I'm a yoga practitioner, but I like people talking to me and leading me through my practice. I, when I lead people through their practice, I'm not on the mat, I'm standing up and I'm, not, I'm, I'm there for them, not in my right. body. And then, so I go to class, right? To get my, my practice in. So they were having us wear masks and, and I was like, I'm, I'm, I just don't believe I should wear a mask when I'm working out. So, but what the pain point was, how am I going to find and fix this? Because my toolkit is, which was this yoga studio and this gym, those were, they're off the table for a little bit. So when I, I had to reassemble my toolkit and it took work and it took some time to figure out. So I started using a different yoga app and I found on YouTube, um, a woman was, and she does, you know, all these weights and I kind of liked her and she like 30 minute, 30 to 45 minute weight exercises. So in the morning, then I would get up and I would either do weights or I would do yoga. And I was finding new tool sets. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, um, with journaling is another, I'm, I'm not hot and cold with journaling. So when sometimes I need a nugget, right. So I, I would flip an affirmation card and whatever it was, I would be like, okay, I'm going to journal about that. And you're just mining to see what comes up. And it helps to um, heighten your intuition and kind of see how you're feeling. So that's the tool. Um, just doing things you're joyful about, right? That's where I would start mining. What brings you joy? What did you like to do as a kid? What are the things that you do you like? Is there a friend that you just want to join for a walk in the mornings? That that works. Did you want to do solo? Are you kind of a solo person? Again. The toolkits are endless. It's finding the toolkit that works with you and for you. So you have to do the, the first step, right? The centering, the thinking, the mining to get to which tool sets even make sense for you. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because one of the skills is actually knowing yourself and your limitations. And I think it's so interesting because you'd think, oh, I'm, I'm a person of many words. So journaling should be easy for me, but sitting, <laughs> down that, sitting down with that blank page is not easy for me. And so, you know, recognizing, okay, I know journaling is good for me. What is the barrier, right? I talk a lot about what's the barrier and how do we transcend the barrier. If part of the skill is identifying the things that are keeping you from doing it and just saying, okay, so I don't like looking at the blank page. Well, what if I found a journal that gave me something? Or what if I got that deck of cards that gave me one thought? Or if, let's say you're, you struggle with gratitude. You're like, I'm grateful for lots of things. You know, maybe you find something that says, today I was grateful in my job when X happened. So you get something that helps you along there. But I think finding, um, you know, the things. So maybe it's journaling and maybe it's yoga. But what are the ways that you need to do it? Um, and finding time. So, okay. So all those things we can go and find and discover, but then if we can't fit it in our busy schedule, then what, what is it then? So then it's finding the moments. All that's required of me is to do five minutes. I found a yoga app called Asana and they had five, literally like they would do as small chunks of five minutes. And I'd be like, all that's required of me is to do five minutes. And then I can get my day started. 
And I would get down there and I'd do five minutes. And then I was like, well, I could probably do a 10 minute one. And then I would add this. But on some days I just do five minutes and I'm like, accomplished. Off yeah. I go. Isn't it interesting though, you know, that we're talking about skill set with certain things we, we always look, you know, we understand intuitively that if you want to learn a language, you're not going to start taking a Spanish class tomorrow and no Spanish in a week. Um, right. But yet when we look to wellness and when we look to self-care, sometimes we look at the kind of um, ideal, right? And so I think if we looked at it the same way and it was like, okay, then do one thing you're grateful for. And then eventually you'll maybe when you feel like you can do, do two or do five minutes of meditation, do 30 seconds of meditation and build and build and build. And I think that we don't realize that these are skills too. Like, I think I expect to be able to go journal. Well, I'm not good at journaling, right? Cause you don't do it. That's building the skills. So yes, you need the skills of journaling, but buying the journal, shockingly, journal does actually not make you really good at journaling and signing up for the yoga class does not necessarily make you really good at yoga and downloading the calm app, no matter how awesome it is, does not necessarily make you all that good at it. Especially if you don't actually play the app. Right. You have to find the moments where, and, and start with one thing. Like here, here's another example. I want to connect more in my faith. So how am I going to do that? Right. I, I have this thing going on in the morning. This thing. So what I did was I put a decade, which is for those who don't know, it's a, it's a little rosary and you, you do 10 Hail Marys. So I put that in my car. So sitting in my car so that when I'm at a red light or if I'm just driving and not listening to the radio carefully, <laughs> I will grab, I will grab it and I'll just do it. So I, you know what? I do it 150 times more than I did before I started that process. So it's, I don't, I hate the word hacks, but it's, that's kind of what it is. You're, you're looking for the, um, the moments where you can optimize. And I even look at my schedule like this now. So it used to be, I would schedule out kind of what I was going to do for the day. I don't do that anymore. So what I do is I say, these are the things I need to get done. And this thing is a 30 minute thing. And this thing's a 60 minute thing. And this thing's a 10 minute thing. And I just look at the holes and I'm like, Oh, here's a 10 minute hole. What's my list of 10 minute things. Oh, I'm going to do that one. And I do it. So it's just, I, I, it's like loosening the grip a little bit, but then making space at the same time. No, I like that. And I also think it's very interesting. So I think from a skill set, um, you know, finding the the tools is part of so many. I mean, I'm building the skill, right? Even if you don't have, I think building the skill is a good way to look at it. Like don't expect to buy the journal and be like, Oh yeah. Journaling. I'm, I'm crushing it. Or, Oh yeah. Meditation. I downloaded that once a week or once a month. Who cares? It's fine. I mean, I think we need also to be kinder to ourselves. So we, we really set a lot of expectations on our, on ourselves. So here's a, here's a small anecdote. My husband and I on Saturday mornings do this, do this long walk and we download from the week. And and you know how uh, the end of the weekend comes, I'm sure everybody feels this. You start to feel that pit in your stomach, right? You're like, Oh, the fun is over and work is coming. And you, you feel a little dread. And I was talking about it and I was like, it's so weird that I feel dread because I actually love my job. I am a boss. Um, I'm working on really cool things. So why do I feel the dread? And then it all of a sudden clicked in my head. Well, the dread's not from the external thing. It's the pressure and that I put on myself. So I have these own internal expectations that are actually causing it, not the work, my boss, my, there's just, there's nothing to point to. 
Well, no. And I talked about that in the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. I love doing the podcast. I'm excited. Nobody's making me do the podcast. And it's partially because you're, you got a lot to do. And no matter how much you love something, it's very easy for your mind to turn it into one more thing on the to-do list. And I think one of the biggest things we need to do <laughs> is not allow our lives and everything in them to be these huge to-do lists. And I have to remind myself that, I mean, sometimes I think my to-do list and my gratitude list are like overlapping. If I look at all the things on my gratitude list, half of them are causing there to be a bunch of things on my to-do list. Right. And here's a tool, which says we're talking toolkit is instead of saying, I have to, you say, I get to. Right. Right. It's a shift in mindset. Yes. And you, you replace the, I have to with, I get to. Yeah. Like I get to talk to this awesome wellness warrior today about <laughs> mindset, skill set, and tool set as it relates to self-care. I think a lot of us know the things, you know, we might say, well, I have no idea how to do self-care. It's like, you kind of do. I think intuitively all of us a little bit can point to things that we know deep down if we did them, that we would feel better and we would do better and we would be better. But again, it's also how do I carve out the time and and how do I move that thing that's so good for me off the mindset of I have to in the to-do list and put it more on the I want to and I need to and I should do this yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to a couple of things. One is prioritizing it. Two is not making it such a big undertaking. Sometimes I do five minutes of stretching yoga in the morning and sometimes I do 30 and you know, I have probably haven't done an hour yoga class except on the weekends. Right. It's I'm actually surprised to hear that. It's, it's actually makes me feel a little better. I'm, I mean, it helps me to let myself off the hook cause you're a yogi. And if you're like, yeah, sometimes I can do five minutes. I'm like, well, heck man, I'm going to go do five <laughs> minutes right about, now. It's about con- the consistency is more important than the actual time in. So if you go uh, and did 10 minutes of yoga every day, it's actually more beneficial than doing a 90 minute yoga class once a week. Oh, and I mean, as a person who runs half marathons, um, if I run three miles a day for a month or two months before I can run a half marathon, you know, 10 miles once is not going to get me there. It's definitely the consistency, but I think, um, shifting our mindset from, I get to, and, um, and just doing it and saying, I'm going to do it, even if it's just a minute or five minutes or whatever is really a critical piece of that to just start, right? Yeah, just that's commit exactly, to starting. That's exactly and not put so many constraints around it, right? Like all these rules, rules. who makes the rules? <laughs> you know, I find myself questioning that all the time. I, I will believe something, I, I'm doing something. And I'm like, well, because this is the way it's always been done. I, I love the idea though, that we have all these rules. And if you even stop and said, well, who made the rule? I did. Okay. Well, I'm going to then go ahead and just interrupt that rule that I made. And I've done that before. Even talking about my podcast, I'm like, well, I have to get my podcast recorded by Tuesday for the following Tuesday. And somebody's like, oh, really? What happens if you don't? I'm like, well, that's just my rule for myself. And it's good to have guidelines for yourself, right? And it keeps you honest and all that. But it's also somewhat, I think, um, I think you need to loosen up a little bit. I couldn't agree more that we have to loosen up the self-imposed rules that sometimes don't serve us. And of course, it's a balance because we also want to be accountable to ourselves. You know, as you talked about earlier, honor ourselves and our commitment to ourselves. But we can do both, have that balance, create those goals, but not with so many restrictions that it hinders us. Like your earlier example with meditation, we can commit, let's say, to meditating every day, but then... I'm not going to put a bunch of 
it's got to be 20 minutes. It's got to be, because as soon as I start doing all those additional layers, I'm not going to be able to, and I'm going to let myself do it for sometimes one minute. And there might be days that I feel that I can do it for 20 minutes and I'm just going to kind of let it be what it's going to be, but I am going to commit to, you know, and writers do this. And I was just going to say, it's the same thing writers do. You write every day. Down, And if you don't write anything, it doesn't matter. It's your writing time. Like you're training your brain to be like, this is what we, we, we really are like, you know, animals. You just have to do it over and over. I think it's really a great point. The other key piece to doing though is, is decluttering, right? I've noticed in the past when I was, when I was working, when, when you finish up a big project, the, the first thing I would do before I started the next project is I would clean my office clean up my desk. I'd put all the files away and everything would be like squeaky clean. And I remember always be like, my boss would come and be like, Oh, it's in the project time. Erica's office is in a disaster and clean it all up. And then I would start the next project. And it was just innately what I did. It was just what I did. But now in, in, in life better. So there's, there's physical decluttering of your space, but then it needs to be decluttering of your calendar. Yeah. And, and, and you, Sometimes talk about this, the decluttering even of your emotional space and the people and the energies around you. I yeah, I I always think that part of self-care is you know taking out the trash to a degree, which is decluttering yeah. our lives and, and even our relationships. And I think it's more about making room for the good stuff. We are busy, we're warriors, we've got a lot going on, and we have to create a life that feeds our soul and keeps us inspired and motivated because we want, you know, you've got this desire to do great things and to have these, you know, big, radical, audacious goals. And even with your work and and so much, I think of the negative emotional self-care is about letting things um, get away from us or getting too close. And I like that analogy, you know, if you hold the glass very close, it looks really big. And if you move it a hundred feet away, it looks smaller, but it's still the same size glass. And I think when I think of problems with either family interactions or at work, maybe there's somebody you don't get along with. And a lot of times it's like, well, maybe you just need to hold that person a little bit more distance. You're putting the situation a little too, holding it up a little bit too close metaphor to yourself. So it looks really big and you have to just kind of take a second and move it a little bit away so that it, it looks a little bit smaller. Yeah. I call it right sizing. I talk about, um, you know, right sizing the problem. Yeah. Like if your life was a puzzle, right. And you had different size puzzle pieces based on what your priorities are. And if work is, is really causing a lot of trouble and you're like, well, okay, but that puzzle piece is only so big. And, and this, these other big puzzle pieces, again, it goes back to mindset, right? But these are all good. So we just got to get that one little puzzle piece, right? So it's sort of right-sized it versus it being my entire world. Life can be like that, right? Like, okay, this is going really well. This is not maybe going as well, but it's okay because, you know, in, on the whole, but if we all of a sudden take the thing that's not going so well and we dial in to that thing and we make that be the thing, you know, that's the actually thing isn't going well. There too, that we didn't even really touch upon having a more holistic lens on your purpose and your life. So if, if you're so focused and you put all your eggs in the work basket, but you know, you're not fostering relationships or hobbies, right. Or, you know, whatever that is to help mix up and create that balance. It's really easy for that to lose 
uh, perspective and to lose balance in your life. I think, especially as it relates to this podcast, like that self-care piece, right? That understanding holistically that, you know, you've got to be in the right kind of place and you've got to care for yourself so that you can even have, you know, it becomes like a vicious well, caring for cycle. yourself could be attending a book club and making right. a, caring for yourself could be taking a class to advance. And listen, I did the yoga, the six month yoga training, um, because I knew I needed some way to connect back with, back with myself, um, after having my first child, I never knew that that was going to feed into a, my puzzle piece as a designer and my puzzle piece as an entrepreneur and my puzzle piece. I mean, I'm here talking 10 years later on a podcast. Yeah. And I think that that is warrior wisdom, which is it all kind of fits together and there's learn. And if you have the right mindset and you're open, you can realize that all of those, you know, we kind of have this very synergistic symphonic mind and we just have to let ourselves be open to the process of allowing all those different things in and all those pieces in and i think that's such an important thing and i hope that others listening will find this is inspiring as i do because it does make me kind of we need to be reminded even ourselves you know it's like we need to remember how important this piece is and that it, there's all the pieces, right? And you can't yep. really, you can't jip the system. You can't put all the focus in one place and hope that that's going to be enough. Um, I think that's the source of so many problems and so much unhappiness for so many people is allowing any one thing um, to feel so big, right? I think sometimes we allow other things to feel big and not our needs to be big and to say, you know, uh, I'm deserving of this, of this time and I need it um, to be as good as I can be. And I think that that's a, a reminder that is needed for all of the women who are listening to this podcast who are so busy living and growing and advancing and fighting the fight and doing all the things to, you know, to have that big, wonderful, audacious life that we're all trying to have, which is to say, you know, it's okay to stop and take a minute and realize that this self-care part is a part of that. It's not separate from that. It's a key part of it. You should follow your heart, follow what motivates you and have fun. Like it should bring you joy. Taking the time to be around more people who are soul filling versus soul sucking. It's, it's funny. We've talked about this, you know, one small text from a person who is part of your warrior tribe can mean more than a million other things. And so finding people to be around to help motivate and inspire you. And I think even keep you accountable. And so to that end, I think one of the tools I would recommend is just kind of finding a person to say, you know what, I'm going to shoot you a text every time I do X, Y, or Z, not for guilt, not for accountability necessarily, just more just to say, I'm doing this. And and then I get to tell you every time I did five minutes of meditation, you know, because it's the little victories, right? And sometimes we have to allow ourselves those little victories. And I think that's a really important part of looking at self-care as something that we can work on and then be proud of, even if we just do a little bit better. Yeah. Couldn't say it better. I mean, it definitely, um, you find your way. I know that we are coming out of, um, 
coming out of a uh, COVID time where everybody's been hit a, even a little harder on the spiritual and the mental and the physical health uh, across the board. So it's time to reset. It's time to put new systems in place because as you said, it, as you always say, you know, goal is only as good as your systems that you put in place. So we put some systems in place and prioritize what you want to prioritize. Love, I love what you're saying. Let's put behind us what we haven't done, what we've tried that hasn't worked. Let's kind of get rid of all of that. I love the term you used reset. I think this is a great time to set, you know, to hit that reset button and create those goals and those new systems and, and to uh, not feel stressed because no, we know that we can fill in with a minute here, five minutes there. Um, and we don't have to carry all the baggage of, I have to, we can look at it as something we get to do, and we don't have to daunt ourselves with it. It can be a small thing that it's a great idea to reset. And I thank you so much. I am going to share my manifest statement and it's just a simple one. And it is just that we are all deserving of the same kindness, compassion, care, and attention that we give to others. Self-care is not selfish. It's about giving the world the best of you instead of what's left of you. And so I'm so excited and grateful um, to hear you talk about this, Erica, and for joining me here today and for sharing all of your knowledge and your inspiring message. And I hope that others will take away as much as I have in this conversation because it's really been awesome. Well, thank you. It was, it's been a wonderful conversation and, and I echo, I hope somebody has been able to receive some nuggets today. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. For all you warriors listening who want to continue to transcend barriers and thrive, you won't want to miss next week's episode, so make sure to hit that subscribe button. For more resources, you can visit my website, www.advancingwomenpodcast.com, and connect on Instagram at Advancing Women Podcast. I love getting your feedback and ideas on topics you'd like to hear me cover in more depth or new topics you'd like me to explore. So please email me at Dr. D. Simone at advancingwomenpodcast.com with your ideas and feedback. That's D-R-D-E-S-I-M-O-N-E at advancingwomenpodcast.com. I just want to thank my producer, Joe Jacobs, the audio warrior who wrote the music for this podcast. It's totally badass and I love it. And a huge thanks to Heather Harris, the creative warrior who designed the Advancing Women podcast logo. And thanks to all of you for joining me here today.